Today is the 14th day of November. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I'm Brian. It is wonderful to be here with you today as we approach the center of another one of our months together. And we reach the beginning of a month or the middle of a month or the end of the month the same way, step by step, day by day together. And so our next step forward leads us back into the book of Ezekiel. This week we're reading from the New International Version. And today, Ezekiel chapters 29 and 30. In the tenth year, in the tenth month, on the twelfth day, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, set your face against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and prophesy against him and against all Egypt. Speak to him and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against you, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, you great monster lying among your streams. You say, the Nile belongs to me. I made it for myself. But I will put hooks in your jaws and make the fish of your streams stick to your scales. I will pull you out from among your streams with all the fish sticking to your scales. I will leave you in the desert, you and all the fish of your streams. He will fall on the open field and not be gathered or picked up. I will give you as food to the beasts of the earth and the birds of the sky. Then all who live in Egypt will know that I am the Lord. You have been a staff of reed for the people of Israel. When they grasped you with their hands, you splintered and you tore open their shoulders. When they leaned on you, you broke and their backs were wrenched. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will bring a sword against you and kill both man and beast. Egypt will become a desolate wasteland. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Because you said, The Nile is mine, I made it. Therefore, I am against you and against your streams. And I will make the land of Egypt a ruin and a desolate waste from Migdal to Aswan, as far as the border of Cush. The foot of neither man nor beast will pass through it. No one will live there for forty years. I will make the land of Egypt desolate among devastated lands, and her cities will lie desolate forty years among ruined cities. And I will disperse the Egyptians among the nations." and scatter them through the countries. Yet this is what the Sovereign Lord says. At the end of forty years, I will gather the Egyptians from the nations where they were scattered. I will bring them back from captivity and return them to Upper Egypt, the land of their ancestry. There they will be a lowly kingdom. It will be the lowliest of kingdoms and will never again exalt itself above the other nations. I will make it so weak that it will never again rule over the nations. Egypt will no longer be a source of confidence for the people of Israel, 
but will be a reminder of their sin in turning to her for help, then they will know that I am the Sovereign Lord. In the 27th year, in the first month, on the first day, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, drove his army in a hard campaign against Tyre. Every head was rubbed bare and every shoulder made raw. Yet he and his army got no reward from the campaign he led against Tyre. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I am going to give Egypt to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he will carry off its wealth. He will loot and plunder the land as pay for his army. I have given him Egypt as a reward for his efforts because he and his army did it for me, declares the Sovereign Lord. On that day, I will make a horn grow for the Israelites, and I will open your mouth among them. Then they will know that I am the Lord. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy and say, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Wail and say, Alas for that day! For the day is near. The day of the Lord is near. A day of clouds. A time of doom for the nations. A sword will come against Egypt. An anguish will come upon Cush. When the slain fall in Egypt, her wealth will be carried away and her foundations torn down. Cush and Libya, Lydia and all Arabia, Cub and the people of the covenant land will fall by the sword along with Egypt. This is what the Lord says. The allies of Egypt will fall and her proud strength will fail. From Migdal to Aswan, they will fall by the sword within her, declares the Sovereign Lord. They will be desolate among desolate lands, and their cities will lie among ruined cities. Then they will know that I am the Lord. When I set fire to Egypt and all her helpers are crushed, on that day messengers will go out from me in ships to frighten Cush out of her complacency. Anguish will take hold of them on the day of Egypt's doom, for it is sure to come. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will put an end to the hordes of Egypt by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. He and his army, the most ruthless of nations, will be brought in to destroy the land. They will draw their swords against Egypt and fill the land with the slain. I will dry up the waters of the Nile and sell the land to an evil nation. By the hand of foreigners, I will lay waste the land and everything in it. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will destroy the idols and put an end to the images in Memphis. No longer will there be a prince in Egypt and I will spread fear throughout the land. I will lay waste Upper Egypt, set fire to Zoan, and inflict punishment on Thebes. I will pour out my wrath on Pelusium, 
the stronghold of Egypt, and wipe out the hordes of Thebes. I will set fire to Egypt. Pelusium will writhe in agony. Thebes will be taken by storm. Memphis will be in constant distress. The young men of Heliopolis and Bubastus will fall by the sword, and the cities themselves will go into captivity. Dark will be the day at Tathanes, when I break the yoke of Egypt. There her proud strength will come to an end. She will be covered with clouds, and her villages will go into captivity. So I will inflict punishment on Egypt, and they will know that I am the Lord. In the eleventh year, in the first month, on the seventh day, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, I have broken the arms of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. It has not been bound up to be healed or put in a splint so that it may become strong enough to hold a sword. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against Pharaoh, king of Egypt. I will break both his arms, the good arm as well as the broken one, and make the sword fall from his hand. I will disperse the Egyptians among the nations and scatter them through the countries. I will strengthen the arms of the king of Babylon and put my sword in his hand. But I will break the arms of Pharaoh and he will groan before him like a mortally wounded man. I will strengthen the arms of the king of Babylon but the arms of Pharaoh will fall limp. Then they will know that I am the Lord. When I put my sword into the hand of the king of Babylon and he brandishes it against Egypt, I will disperse the Egyptians among the nations and scatter them through the countries. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Hebrews 11:32 through 12:13 And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, 
none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of spirits and live they disciplined us for a little while, as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good, in order that we may share in His holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, Strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Psalm 112 Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord who find great delight in his commands. Their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely who conduct their affairs with justice. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news, 
Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn will be lifted high in honor. The wicked will see and be vexed. They will gnash their teeth and waste away. The longings of the wicked will come to nothing. Proverbs 27, 17 As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Okay, so for the last uh, several days in the letter to the Hebrews, we've been walking down what is famously known as the Hall of Faith. And the writer of Hebrews spends quite a generous amount of time kind of walking through the, the biblical stories that we've been walking through all year while pointing out very specifically that these stories all had something in common. The people had faith in the promises of God, regardless of what they saw. And so, in effect, their stories couldn't have been their stories without faith. They may have had stories. They would have just been totally different stories. And we probably wouldn't be reading about them. But for faith. And so this hall of faith is this march through the biblical narrative of examples of people's great faith that changed the story. Stories that wouldn't have been the same without faith. So we've been walking through the Hall of Faith for a couple of days. We finished the Hall of Faith today, and that little journey ends by revealing to us that our story as well is not the same story without faith. Our story requires faith, just like the examples of the people in the Hall of Faith. And we saw as we walked down the Hall of Faith that most of these people believed in a promise that they never got to see. They knew they were carrying the story forward. And their faith didn't always just make them blessed and prosperous. Some of them died for their faith, believing that what was to come in faith was greater than what they had to lose, which was their lives. The writer of Hebrews is revealing to us that we're no different. Faith is the ingredient that is irreplaceable in the recipe that is our lives. So as we're coming out of the hall of faith, we are told how to not be stuck or how to lose weight, how to understand that faith is the central piece of our lives and not all the other things that entangle us. And so we encountered a very famous passage in the letter to the Hebrews. And I quote, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, 
let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Many translations tell us to throw off every weight. The things that we are carrying that are excess, that aren't doing anything, the things that we are dragging around that are slowing our progress down, that do not build and encourage and establish our faith. So Hebrews says, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Basically, we're being told that we're running a race, an endurance race, a long race, like a marathon, a life-sized marathon. If you've ever seen a marathon or seen that kind of race, whether in person or on TV, you understand that the runners are very lightweight as far as what they're carrying with them. You don't see people with 80-pound backpacks running marathons because the excess weight would keep them from enduring enough to complete the race. You don't see runners following a well-marked path, the path of the race, who decide simply to run through fields of brambles and entangle themselves and fall down and get all caught up trying to stay on course. But if we think about our lives and think about our, our lives using the metaphor of a marathon, then we realize we've been trying to run this marathon in a way that we can't really achieve. We've been cutting through fields of brambles. We've been carrying backpacks. We've been chaining things around our ankles. We've been trying to run a marathon with all the weights that drag us down that don't keep faith out in front of us as the central thing that we are running toward. Looking at the examples in the Hall of Faith, we see that the promise was the prize. Faith was the path. Endurance was what needed to be built up to follow the path to the promise. And this is a good time to point out what we've pointed out before because the further that we go into the New Testament and it's not as if we have forever to go but the further that we go toward the end of the year the more that we're going to see this theme on every page that endurance is part of the story that there is no escaping endurance that even runners who want to win a race have to endure they have to train then they have to run the race with endurance in order to win. And so the writer of Hebrews tells us as we ended our reading in Hebrews today, and I quote, Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet. 
so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. What we are learning is that there is a precedent for faith. We walked down the hall of faith and saw all the examples that that precedent is attached to our lives, that faith is the irreversible part of our story, and that faith requires endurance, that we keep running in faith even though we can't see the promise, because it is faith that tells us it's there. It's out there. We must keep going. We cannot give up. We cannot surrender. We must endure. We must persevere. It's out there. We can see it through the eyes of faith. These kinds of things are so encouraging when they come up in the Bible because life is an endurance race, is it not? Like, that's a good metaphor. And there are times where we feel like we are weighed down to the point that we can't move. And there are times that we feel like we have endured until there's nothing left. And we have run in the dark when our faith seems dim. Life has a way of pulling us off the path and inviting us into the brambles where we find ourselves entangled in all kinds of things. Weights that we don't need to be carrying around. Shackles that aren't ours. Things that we're dragging and carrying that are best let go of because they're not going to be helpful on the race ahead. Whether that be wounds in our lives, assumptions about other people, anything in our story, anything that we're believing about anything, we're sending out our faith in that direction. And sometimes we can be believing things about ourselves that we have honestly been set free of. We can carry weights around inside of ourselves because of regret or failure or things that have been done to us and we carry these things as a burden like it's the burden of our lives when we have honestly been set free from those things. And our father is saying, hey, sweetheart, son, son, you can let that go. You can put that down right here. You don't have to carry that another step. It's not your story anymore. Your story is a promise in front of you that you run toward in faith and let go of everything that is dangling you. And so as we continue through this day, that is worthy of contemplation. That is worthy of inviting the Holy Spirit into. What are the tangles? What are the things that I have entangled myself in that now are trapping me? What are the weights that I am carrying around that are slowing everything down and making me exhausted so that I don't feel like I can persevere, so that I don't feel like I have the endurance to finish this race? Those things need examination. It doesn't mean that we just 
selfishly jettison everything and everybody because it would make our lives so much simpler simpler if we didn't have any entanglements whatsoever. It's worth inviting the Holy Spirit into what is the dead weight that I am carrying around because that's what it is. Dead weight. I am carrying around dead weight in my life and I have full permission by the lover of my soul to set that weight down and run forward without it. Holy Spirit, we all have these things. We all have things that have slowed us down and are slowing us down that are entangling us and trapping us and weighing us down. Each of our stories is different. You know all of our stories. You have been here with us every step of the way. You know what's going on in each one of us. Show us the dead weight that we may sit it down and run with freedom because we're going to need more endurance and perseverance. Letting go of the things that are weighing us down is necessary for our future. Help us, Holy Spirit, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com That is home base, home of the global campfire. That's where you can find out what's going on around here. The Daily Audio Bible app puts that in the palm of your hand with a bunch of other stuff, especially uh, just keeping track of where we are, where we're going, how far we've progressed, how that's all working out. We And just notes that we can jot down. There's a number of things that enhance the experience of moving through the Bible together are in the Daily Audio Bible app. So check that out. Check out the community section of the website or app. That is where you can find the links to get connected on social media. That is also where the prayer wall lives and breathes and continues to have its being. It's a resource here for us around the global campfire so that we know no matter what, no matter how much the bottom might fall out of any given day, we're not alone. We can reach out. There is a place that we can go and reach out, and that would be the prayer wall. So check that out. Reminding you once again of our most recent resource, our brand new resource, Sleep, A Contemplative Journey. That can be found wherever it is that you stream or download your music, wherever that might be, whatever service you may use, wherever you are in the world. And so check that out. That is a resource created to make space for rest, for calm, for sleep. And as these weeks continue to progress in this month, I mean, before before this month is over, we will be in the thick of the holiday season. And I just really felt like releasing sleep at this time in 
in advance of that can give us a resource that we can turn to if we're finding ourselves restless because we need rest. We're at our best if we're rested. And so check that out as well. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, if this mission to bring the spoken word of God read fresh every day and offered freely to anybody, anywhere, anytime, and to be the global campfire together, to be in community together as we navigate through every verse of the scriptures, if that is life-giving to you, then thank you for your partnership. There is a link on the homepage of dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. With a mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app. That's the little red button up at the top. Or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I will be waiting for you here. Tomorrow. This is Jersey Jane for Jesus. It is November 10th. I heard Barbara call in. Barbara, your husband of 41 years passed away, you said, at one in the morning. And you downloaded the sleep album by Brian. It rested his restlessness calmed him. You said he passed away with a smile. Oh, Barbara, I'm so sorry. But as you said, he is lifted now to the Creator, to our Lord. He is in heaven. But it leaves you alone down here till it is your time. So I pray for you for comfort through Jesus. And Barbara, I was astounded that because of your grief, you still reached out to Kayla. You still had the heart to think of other people during your time of deep grief. You are precious, Barbara. You are love. God sees your work. He sees how you care. I, I have never heard of someone losing a partner and then in turn praying for someone else. Kayla, call in to us. Let us know you are okay. God bless. Hi, Barbara. This is God's Life Speaker. I'm listening to November 10th. And you came on as the first prayer after Brian's commentary to tell us that your husband is now in the arms of Jesus and after 41 years. And I just loved your testimony. It was one o'clock in the morning. And 
This is your story, yet I wanted to just, I've never heard anybody say that even though they were there with their loved one, they were wrestling, but as they departed, you felt that you saw a smile on your husband's face. And I've never heard anybody say that. And my mom had had a stroke and it was another 43 days before she would depart and be with Jesus and she couldn't smile. And that was like the one thing that we were missing. And when she took her last breath, also at one in the morning, she left us with a smile. So Barbara, that was so beautiful. And it was just so heartwarming um, to feel like we were there with you and your husband. You are now on a different path as this is airing behind and in a new place that so we just hold you up. In the name of Jesus, we pray for your strength to be given by the Lord, that your joy would be of the Lord, that he would just be flooding your mind with memories of the past 41 plus years. Um, that you are surrounded by beautiful believers and family and all that just cherished. Your husband is a friend dad, son, whomever, whomever is there, that it is just joyful, um, even in the hard spots, but that you cling to that smile because you know why he was smiling. He was standing in the arms of the Savior. Amen. My heart was touched today by a call from Barbara. In tears, you told us that your husband had just passed away November 10th. We care about you, Barbara. We love you and want to support you. I was amazed that in your tears, you also shared with a grateful heart how much uh, DAB has encouraged you and helped you. And I really related to your call. My husband passed away in a similar situation three years ago. And DAB, uh, has always been an encouragement to me and a comfort. And I know it will be for you as you go through this journey. Know that I'm praying for you. I care about you. And I know there are many others who feel the same way right now. You're loved. Please, 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 family, pray for my nephew, Sam. He's a, a, a Marine veteran. He has PS, PTSD, and he stepped out on his marriage. He's got four beautiful children, and now he's suicidal, and it, and it has been admitted to Veterans Hospital. He knows he did something so foolish. And we're just desperate for him, and his children can't lose their daddy. And we just pray for some miracle if we, with, for their marriage. Please pray for his wife, Kelsey, and, and, their, and their four beautiful children. Lord, please, please, please make a way where there seems to be no way. Rescue Sam. Rescue his family. family and thank you, family, for praying. Just in desperate need. Thank you so much. This is Sarah from Colorado. Hello, Daily Audio Bible. I'm asking you all to pray with me. I want to thank the Lord for the sister who called in from Waco, Texas on 10-21. It was the last call. And it is so awesome how God is working in your life, how He's blessing you in your recovery. I am so, so proud of you.
And I just thank you, Lord, for putting people in this sister's life who can identify with her and love her. And I thank the Lord for everybody who's been in recovery that's calling in and talking about being set free. I'm thankful for the guy who works in the prison who called in talking about the water and comparing it to the Holy Spirit. That was a great analogy. God bless your work. I'm praying for all the ministry that goes on in the jails and the prisons that the prisoners would be set free. Just like God has set all of us free who have been in prison to sin, that God would give them freedom. And I'm thanking God for Echo Hope who called in on November the 7th when it was played. Praise God for how he is working in your life. Joyful James, how all the letters have made a difference in that prison. And pray for my friend Marty, who's on hospice, who's trying to decide whether to stay with her brother or what. God bless you guys. Bye-bye. DAB family, I have been a long, long, long Carmel listener. And this podcast has been a huge blessing to me in my life. All throughout the trials and tribulations I've had, this has been my foundation every morning before I start my day. I am blessed by this podcast, by your spirits, by your prayers. Each and every one of you are truly a blessing in my life because you pour out your heart and your soul to my God, my Lord and my Savior. And I thank you, each and every one of you. And I'm just calling now Finally, there's so many years because of the podcast that just played when the guy said, I don't understand. I just don't understand. And I feel you, my brother, because I, I have gone through the same, same state of mind, same perspective that I just don't understand, especially because I've gone through my Jove moments. I've lost everything. And I am the only one left in my family that's alive trying to honor their lives the way that I live my own by honoring God and allowing Him to be the forefront of everything that I do. But you're going to have moments where you just don't understand, but you got to take that leap of faith. It's all about that faith you have to have and remembering the blessings even when the prayers don't go answered and your voice is not heard. Have faith. In Jesus' name, I pray that we all continue to stay in love. Help any brothers to have a blessed day.